The Discover College Soccer Podcast is sponsored by VO. VO is the number one AI camera solution helping players capture college recruitment videos. Check out their new starter and family options by clicking on the link in the description or visit Discover College Soccer to learn more. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Brandon from Howard Payne University there in Texas. Welcome, Coach. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I was looking... uh, and and you guys are pretty much dead center of Texas, is if it was what it looks yeah. like to me on a map, yeah. huh? Yeah, all right. A few miles north of the geographical center of uh, Brady, Texas. All right, all right. Well, I I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about the school. But let's start. We you know you, you and I are talking here mid November. You're you're probably doing all those individual player meetings, wrapping up the season. But as a Division three school. You know, a lot of people are asking me, you know, are coaches doing any actual recruiting in the fall because it's in season? Uh, you know, how much recruiting were you doing during the season? And and in terms of your timeline, I'm assuming you're you're pretty much now full bore into looking at 24s. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the recruiting sense, you know, we tried to um, – so this is my first season at Howard Payne as the head coach. And so um, – uh, before this, I was on the women's side. So it was a little bit of during the summer, during during the spring as well, trying to obviously get our 23 class completed, but also trying to get it advanced on the 24s, get caught up in that, um, try to have uh, an idea of, of what we need kind of going into the year with graduation and all that stuff, um, you know, where we needed to fill in some uh, some positions. But um yeah no the 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 recruiting side of things during the season is obviously pretty tough just with the the constraints of of time um but uh we had some guys identified already from the spring and for, throughout the summer uh that we had on campus and so that was kind of more of our recruiting during that time and then obviously you've got video and different things that we're trying to evaluate some guys uh via email and, and and phone calls and different things like that but getting out in person is is a bit tough but uh now like you said mid-november it's about to get ramped up again so for you guys in terms of ramping up between now and and when you close your class what what are some of those top events and, and places you're you're looking the most to be out in person yeah we'll be out at um i actually got it written over here so there'll be some different things obviously during um the biggest ones start really uh, right after Thanksgiving. And so um, we'll be at the Lone Star Showcase in Austin. Um, let's see, Sports Source over in Dallas, looking at uh, ECNL Las Vegas or South Carolina. So a couple of those events possibly um, trying to get out and, and see, obviously, teams from Texas, but also, you know, how can we expand our network outside of the state? Um, and then kind of in the spring, we'll reevaluate, see where we are as far as, um, where our class looks to where we need to get out. And does that, do we feel comfortable with 24s or are we good starting to move towards the 2025s? Okay. Now I know you, like you said, you're, you're early in your career there, uh, as the head men's coach, but how about camps? Do you plan on doing any ID camps yourself or do you and your staff work external camps? Are they important to your recruiting at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something that it's been done. So I actually played here as well um, at Howard Payne uh, a number of years ago, not not too long ago. But uh, 
But yeah, it's something that has been done in the past um, and recently it hasn't. And so it's something that we're trying to get started back up. Um, you know, coming in, we wanted to focus on getting the, this year completed and then kind of evaluate what we wanted to do there. And so we're looking to start those back up um, at, at the start of the year, um, January, February time. Um, in the meantime, uh, myself or one of our assistants will be out at um, some CCSC, so uh, college coaches skills camps, some exact camps, um, some different combines for, for some of the different uh, clubs in general. But um, yeah, absolutely the external stuff um, is really, really important because it kind of showcases those that are going to obviously above and beyond financially as well as uh to get themselves in front of multiple coaches yeah for sure well whether it's at a camp or any of those events when you're looking at players kind of what makes up the hierarchy of things you're looking for whether that's on the field stuff or off the field stuff yeah i think both of those play a huge part into it is you know we've got to find guys that obviously know how to play the game and and can um can fit what we want to do but also we want to uh, you know have good character uh, guys as well. So bringing in people that um, are, are kind to their families and uh, good to the people around them, because ultimately those are the ones that are going to be supporting you. Um, especially with our school, it's it's not the uh, the cheapest school in the state or the country by any means. So, um, you know, we've got to have people that have support or uh, whether that's financially or emotionally, um to where it's you know it's it can be a lot um going through a college career um so making sure that you have good people and that you treat them well <clears throat> on the soccer side of things we really look um in general at four different things the athletic side of things the technical side the tactical side and the mental side of things and so um you know what does each of our players bring in that aspect Obviously, how can we improve in each position? Um, we play in a league that is big, fast, strong, physical. And, uh, you know, we love to have players that are like that. But also, can we have guys that are more um, agile and technical to where, you know, yes, the big brute of a guy is is great that can also play. But if, if we don't have the technical side to back that up, it's it's a it's got to be worked on. So we look at a lot of guys that not necessarily are ready made to come in and play right away. Um, we like to bring in guys that are like that, but also guys that we can uh, help develop along the way as well. Okay. Now, I mean, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but you know, for us parents who have kids looking at colleges, that, that price tag is always uh kind of question one, but, uh, but we all know what, what, what's on the sticker ain't exactly what you're paying. So can you just give me an overall uh, kind of bird's eye view of what an average student athlete walking onto your team might be looking at with regards to what's it cost to go versus the various types of aid, et cetera. And I know you're, you, you know, you haven't been there that long, so I'm not going to hold you to hard numbers here, but just give me a rough sense of, of what that might look like. Yeah, I think uh, so. Not think we, when um, you get, on campus uh, on a visit, um, we'll meet, you'll typically meet with our uh, uh, admissions staff first, um, and we'll kind of talk about an overall um, gist of what the school looks like. And so, um, 
they have a great pamphlet that they give you and it has a lot of information and some of that is the uh the overall cost and so overall uh, sticker price is going to be around 45,000 um 44 45 and that's it before any type of aid uh academic scholarshiping anything like that and so the obviously the better for us uh that you are academically um, the more money you're going to receive from our academic scholarships. And so we have a fantastic honors academy that um, does have full tuition scholarships. Uh, and so if you're smart enough and um, uh, want to endure the rigors of that honors academy, which it, honestly, it's it's really um, not that uh, strenuous, but it is you're basically getting two degrees at once. Wow. <clears throat> so it's. Um, it's the Douglas MacArthur uh, Academy of Freedom, and it has a lot to do with like civil service. Um, and so you're so we have a couple of guys in our program that are in that. And um, one in particular, he wants to coach uh, at the high school level. And so he's doing his uh, degree in mathematics, but also doing the uh, honors academy at the same time. So, um, you know, he's a he's as a sophomore, one of our captains. And so he's um a fantastic player but also a fantastic person and very well organized but all that to goes to say that the higher your gpa the higher your scores um the higher percentage in your your class rank the more money you'll receive from our academic standpoint um and then obviously financial aid you've got your different grants as well as loan options um and then what they've implemented <clears throat> here with us being um a baptist institution is if you receive a, a scholarship from your church, our school will match that. So say you get a $5,000 scholarship from, you know, First Baptist wherever uh, or whatever church you're a part of, then Howard Payne will match that scholarship as well. So um, it incentivizes the religious affiliation as well, uh, which is a huge part of our school. Um and then on top of that, we have some different areas that receive uh, additional scholarships. So basically, um, anywhere within about a two-hour radius of us will receive an additional scholarship. So a lot of times, depending on scholarshiping levels, you can look at around, um, you know, after aid and all of that, around five to 10000 a year, um, depending on what level you're at. Yeah, no, it sounds sounds like a lot of good options there. Well, let well let's yeah. talk mo more. It. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> but let's talk about more about the school. I'm sure there's some folks out there not familiar <laughs> with Howard Payne, and, and you have some great insight as being both a student and now staff. So, you know, what are some of the things that you particularly enjoy about the school? Maybe some some cool things we wouldn't even know just by going through the website. Yeah, so I, Brownwood is actually really growing a lot, even since I played here. So I went to school here 2013 to uh, 2019, essentially, with doing my grad school. Um, so I had the pleasure of being here, <clears throat> playing on the men's side for four years, and then got to stay on as the women's assistant coach um, for two years as well. Uh, and and since, you know, and then I left for four or five years. And so um, being able to come back and be a part of this community again has been fantastic. And what you'll seem to realize is <clears throat> when you walk on campus and you introduce yourself to people, um, they're like, oh, yeah, I went here 
this year to this year. Oh yeah, I went here this year to this year. Oh, I'm originally from here. I left and I came back. So there's something about Brownwood um, that just draws people back in. And this the kind or the 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 saying of the town is Brownwood feels like home. Um, and there's just a, a, a fantastic sense of community here um, in Brownwood that you know it's a, a town of just over 20,000 people um, and it's it's growing ever more with you know outward expansion of different you know big cities um, we've got the DFW area two to three hours away Austin is two hours away San Antonio's two and a half to three hours away and so uh, Houston about four hours away so we're in a really good, like you said, the geographical center of Texas tour. We're in a really good spot to be around a lot of major areas. Um, but just the people here on campus and the people in town, it just, you just get a sense of like family and people that truly care about you. And, and that was when I came through on my recruiting trip, like that was my major draw was like, I just feel like they want me to be here. Like I, I feel wanted and I feel like I can actually be a part of something um, instead of just, you know, going to um, a bigger school and just being, you know, part of the campus. Um, you can actually be something here. And so um, some really, really cool stuff. And then, you know, our downtown area has been growing tremendously over the last couple of years. Um, and then uh, more recently, they're they're um, building a boardwalk uh um in town to where it's going to expand some retail and food options which i love food i'm not a small guy so being able to to go to different places and eat like we've got some um you know you walk you go down the regular strip and you've got you know your standard mcdonald's whataburger you know chilies all, all those restaurants right um but there's actually some really really awesome places here in town to eat um i just last night i had some really good thai food uh, in the middle of Texas. So, <laughs> you know, you just never know what you're going to get until you, you know, expand that a little bit. But um, I don't know. It, it's just one of those towns where there's so much history and it's rich and uh, um, it's a really awesome experience. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, in terms of what a player could expect, let's take it back a few weeks. You're in the heart of the season. Can you walk me through what a typical week might look like in terms of when when it's practice, games, meals, class, you know, what 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 normally a player see on a normal week? Yeah, so um, in our conference, we play Thursdays and Saturdays, and so our week typically will look like, especially with us being religiously affiliated, um, we want to give us uh, our guys the opportunity to expand that and, and grow in their faith, um, and so Sundays are are more often than not our our off days um to where we give them that time uh there are certain weeks especially in non-conference where things are jumbled up to where we try to give them the, the time in the, the the morning or the afternoon to where they can have that time to themselves but <clears throat> sunday is typically our off day and then monday tuesday wednesday we we have our full trainings um and this year we actually just got lights at our complex um and so that was a huge deal for us because in Texas, it oftentimes, especially uh, August and September, it's upwards of 100 degrees. And so being able to not train at two and three o'clock uh, is a huge factor. 
And so this year, um, we, you know, with uh, in collaboration with our women's program, um, we would train five to seven, they would train seven to nine. Um, and a lot of that has to do with our academic rigors. So uh, we have a lot of guys who are like biomedical. Um, I mentioned the Honors Academy earlier, uh, engineering um, to where like their their lab times are in the afternoon. So they'll go to classes from eight to one or two. And then typically one o'clock to five o'clock is the normal window for your your lab sciences or your your um, your bigger classes to, to have um, additional time. And so that time frame like we had one guy that was in engineering and so mondays and wednesdays he wouldn't get out of class till five o'clock and so he'd you know hop in his car and rush over to get over to training and, and get started so um you know it's a huge emphasis here with the academic side um to make sure that we're taking care of them and setting them up for the future there um but on the on the soccer side of things we also you know want to make sure that we're performing at our best and so um you know, Wednesday, uh, or sorry, we said, you know, five o'clock to seven o'clock, um, we get them going, um, get some training in and then Thursdays, uh, we'll play Friday again. So five o'clock, we try to keep a, a good routine, um, good rhythm of, of the day going for them. And then, uh, Saturday we'll, we'll play as well with again, Sunday being off. Well, let's shift gears, talk a little bit more about the on the field stuff. Uh, I mean, we talked recruiting earlier, but is there a, is there a roster size that you find is ideal that you're trying to hit each year? Um, not necessarily. Like this year we had 27 and uh, it just kind of depends on, you know, where the depth is on, on those positions. And so, you know, at any given point with, you know, a roster of 27, you know, you've got to have the quality in there, obviously, because it's in, in college, that's a smaller size, um, more or less. Uh, for me, I think the 30, 32 mark is kind of more the ideal number. I think when we got towards the later part of the season, um, we had some injuries that just, just, they just accumulate. And so, um, we shuffled some thing or things around and then, you know, just at the proper time, you have injuries in a certain position. Someone gets, you know, an accumulation uh, of, of yellows or maybe we had one guy that got a red card, unfortunately, um, at a position we are already at, uh, a little thin at. And so, um, you know, the depth really is important at this level, um, being able to have people that can step in and play right away. Um, and, and they may not have played a whole lot throughout the year, but they've got to be able to be ready for their number to be called. And, um, and I think that goes into the culture of training. Um, but obviously you've got to have the numbers on, on your campus as well. Well, speaking of depth on the roster, how about the, the, the coaches bench? Uh, what, what does your assistant coach roster look like or any other support staff that the athletic department has for you to kind of help out with a team? What, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, so this year we had uh, Coach Jordan Villanueva. He's actually a Christian Studies professor on campus as well. Um, another alumni of the program. Um, he volunteered with us uh, and worked with um, our back line and midfield at different times. And then um, 
Coach Eduardo Flores. He uh, just graduated or is, is still uh, completing his degree, but he, he completed his time on the field um, as a goalkeeper. So he helped out with our goalkeepers this year. Um, and then we are currently open with our uh, uh, first assistant position. And so um, looking to fill that this hopefully in the next few weeks or so to where we can have that going into the spring. Um, but some really awesome guys to have with us volunteering. Um, and then also on the, on the support side, we have our strength conditioning staff, which, uh, coach Aaron Gill is the, <clears throat> the head of that program. And then Romeo Gallegos is, uh, is the, the man that's in charge of our sport in, uh, directly. So he's the one we work with the most. And so, um, throughout the spring, our guys will get well acquainted with our strength conditioning staff. Um, as as we're a little limited as to what we can do on the soccer side of things. Okay. Well, how about you as head coach? How would you describe kind of your style of coaching and the style of play you're looking to implement there? Uh, oh, man, <laughs> it can go into so many words, but I think with the, with the way that we want to – I want these guys to know how to play. Um, I want them to, to, to learn the game and understand why they're making decisions or why they're making certain plays or why we're asking certain things out of them. Um, we want to play with the ball on the ground. Um, we want to be able to build out well, um, let our playmakers do their special things, but at the same time within the constraints of, of a team uh, that's unified on the field. And so um, there was some great moments this year that we were able to do that. And there's, you know, being the first year, uh, there were some moments that we have to continue to grow in and, um, in the, not only in in the the team chemistry aspect, but in in the um, the intangible things of of what we look for in recruiting as well is going to be really important to bring in guys that have an understanding of you know uh, sound technical ability to where they can you know bring a ball down, play it you know whether that's on the ground in the air, just what is the game being given to you? What's the opponent giving you? And then how can we exploit that? Um, and so I love to keep the ball, but at the same time, if a team is um, is doing something that we can exploit in different ways, then I want to be able to do that. And so in order to make that happen, we have to be able to be students of the game, be students of ourselves and uh, be able to take criticism and grow. Oh, I love it. Well, Coach, you've been generous with your time. I don't want to keep you too long. And one last question for you. Uh, if you had one piece of advice, one nugget of information that you wish every parent, player, family going through this college recruiting process knew, what would that be? Yeah, I think is is honestly, don't turn your nose to anybody that's, that's giving you their time of day. And so this goes with saying, you know, one thing that we've preached since I got here was trust, uh, not necessarily trust the process, but it's process over results. And I think we were the epitome of that this year is um, a change of style, change of staff, um, you know, change over on the roster. And we started off just still trying to feel things out. And um, we ended up uh, not with a great start to the season, um, as if you were to look on paper, you know, I think we started a one and seven, um, and then kind of made some things happen towards the latter part of the season 
um, as we continued to grow. But, um, you know, if we continued to just look at each result and be like, man, we lost, we lost, we lost, we lost, then I think our team could have imploded on themselves and they could have just given up. But um, we were able to scrap some things together, get some really, really good results against some some really solid teams, um, one of which was in the conference final this year. Uh, beat them to to make it to our first conference tournament in nine years. Um, and so it, it's something that as a recruit, don't just go online, look at a record and be like, oh, they were bad. You know, it's, it's something you've got to under, like you, to me, have a conversation with those coaches, let them give their pitch to you and uh, um, hear what they have to say as far as how can they help you or how can you, help make that program better. It's not always going to be the perennial powerhouses. Um, you know, there's going to be programs that are building and how can you be a part of that? Awesome. Great advice. Well, coach, congrats on your first season. Wish you the best of luck as you build your team for next year. And hopefully you can make that repeat trip to the uh, conference tournament and get even farther. That's a standard now, right? That's right. You set the bar. <laughs> now you just got to go higher, right? That's right. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus, there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table. And hopefully we will see you there.